Hey, what's up? It's Dr. Josh. And I know you've heard me talk about Clinic Gym Connect, but the power of Clinic Gym Connect is really well demonstrated in following up with patients who already know, like, and trust you. So here's two users, Dr. Carson Ani from Capital Sports Medicine and his office manager, Mark, talking about how you can use Clinic Gym Connect to follow up with your very interested, very warm clients. It's always hard to bring in new people and it's just easier to talk with the people that already know, like, and trust you. And so once we figured out that Clinic Gym Connect was a software that can really help with that, I took Mark through all the trainings and said, have at it. I wanted to contact the most recent patients that have been in. Dr. Carson showed me Clinic Gym Connect. All it was, I would go to the patient list, run a report from our EHR, tag them as a 30, 60, 90 patient. They open our dialer, send them a custom text, sends their name automatically. If they respond, great. If not, shoot them a call and had a nice voicemail feature that I could just click. And it saved me for every 50 patients, which would normally take me a few hours. I could get that done in 45 minutes. It was a personal touch that they weren't used to. And it didn't take a lot of effort on our end at all. That's how easy it is. And you can see that the 30, 60, 90 campaign is super powerful. And get this, it's already in your account when you sign up for Clinic Gym Connect. So if you're interested in following up with those patients who know, like, and trust you, and you want to do it at intervals like 30 days, 60 days, and 90 days, check out clinicgymconnect.com. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist that believes in exercise, wants to make some money, and wants to provide the absolute best care for your patients? Well, then you are in the right place. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio, where we talk about the Clinic Gym hybrid model, which is combining the best parts of healthcare with active care and fantastic exercise programs to get patients the best care they can while helping you make more money in this game. This is Clinic Gym Radio, and I'm Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm excited for you to be here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I am honored today to be joined by the, I think, the guy, that, the doctor of automation. I mean, you've got a PhD from both the School of Hard Knocks and the School of Automation, as well as a master's degree in stuff that doesn't work. So it's my pleasure to be honored, my honor and pleasure to have Brad Martineau with us today. Brad, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm officially spilling that as my intro. Doctor of Automation, Master of stuff that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yes. Well, yes, I hope yes. I didn't. Uh, I hope I didn't speak, but I've listened to enough uh, interviews with you, seen you live, and you know, if if nothing else, uh, you have you have tried many things that have worked, and many that have. No, I it's I, I love it because it is uh, with the amount of time that I've spent into automation. I think that the doctor of automation has been well earned, and I always tell people like I'm not really that smart. I just try stuff really, really, really fast. And I've tried a lot of things. Anything, any good piece of advice that ever comes out of my mouth, I guarantee you there's at least three stories behind it of me being stupid and thinking, no, I'm going to beat it this time. They're like, okay, I was wrong. I should just follow what actually works. So yes, I I will accept all of that. Yeah, there's a, uh, everybody listening here is either chiropractor, physical therapist, maybe strength coach. And there's a well-known strength coach that in the summer months will have, say, 500 junior athletes come through. And he yep. tells a great story. He goes, yeah, we had this great idea. We started it with our 6 a.m. crowd, and it's clear by 4 p.m. it's a horrible exercise. And by 9 p.m., we can count more, on more than one hand the people that have been injured doing that exercise. <laughs> so then the next day, we start again fresh. Yeah, <laughs> like, yep, 100%. Perfect 100%. lab, yeah. Well, for everybody listening, Brad, I wanted to have you on because you and I have had some conversations. And again, I've heard you speak on many podcasts and 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 in general business conferences. And 
for your context, the people listening, again, are mostly chiropractors, physical therapists, strength coaches. So service-based, one-on-one businesses where um, it's that mix of, uh, you know, art and science, meaning you, you got to please the human body in front of you, but you also got to use the, the knowledge that you got. And it's a hard thing to deliver, you know, especially to deliver well. But one thing that I think plagues our business is this thought of, oh, that's how I saw the last guy do it. Ergo, I shall do it the same. And then you add in there uh, insurance repayments going down. If you can get insurance repayments, they require more paperwork on the front end. Uh, And, you know, so it's more and more work to get the same amount of money. And five years later, you're not making the same amount of money as you were five years ago. And all these things swirling around in my head. And I remember you talking, I don't remember exactly how you phrased it one time at a conference, but you said something to the effect of you need to step back and analyze your operating system. Like, are you even, do you have a viable business model or do you just have a known business model that you just don't know isn't viable? Yeah, I don't remember how I said it exactly, but but 100%, one of the biggest and probably, maybe not the biggest, but it's definitely the first thing and it impacts everything else. Uh, biggest mistake or first mistake um, that I made 100%. Remember, anything that I say is because I have I have proven that this is true and I know how to lose. Okay, but um, that I the first mistake that I made several times, and then the biggest and first mistake that I see everybody else make is they just go. And it's it's like it's interesting because it's kind of a double edged sword. It's both what makes entrepreneurs who they are is they're like let's go figure it out. Uh, the challenge is is that there's not a lot of figuring it out. There's a lot of I'm going to continue to hammer and hammer and hammer away. Uh, without any regard for, it's kind of like the, uh, there's a far side cartoon. Uh, it, I don't know if you've seen this one, but there's a, there are the kids at a school and it says the, the name of the school is the Midvale School for the Gifted. Have you seen this one? Yep. I've and the it. kids sitting there trying to push the door open and on the door it says pull. So sometimes, uh, or lots of times, that's what entrepreneurs are like, which is like, they've got this gift. They've got this drive, this energy. Like they're the ones that will change. They are the ones that change the world. Um, but the very first thing that we have to do is make sure that what we're doing is actually working in our favor. You can't push a door that's supposed to be pulled. It's like, that's not the way it works. So you have to actually stop and make sure that, Hey, if I'm successful in all of these things that I'm trying to do, meaning the things I'm going to sell, how much I'm going to sell them for, how many people I can actually take, like if I'm actually successful, will I be where I want to be? Or am I going to be somewhere else? Will I just wake up one day and happen to have this business that I'm like, well, crap, I actually don't really want this because it doesn't serve the life that I wanted. Um, and, and really the, the way I say it, this is pretty consistent when we talk about this is if you haven't proven that your business model will work in an Excel spreadsheet to the tune of what you want. So there's a couple of tools in here that we're starting to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. If you haven't proven it on paper, it's not going to magically work in real life. Now, just because you prove it on paper doesn't mean it will work in real life, but I can guarantee you that if you haven't stopped and actually thought about it, you're probably going to wake up one day in the future with the business that you unfortunately have rather than the one that you actually want. So yes to that. There, there's a, uh, a Saturday Night Live skit, uh, an old one, and it, it's, this, uh, it's like Jim Belushi and he goes up to this guy and the guy goes, he walks into a store and he's like, what's the business here? And the guy's, we make change. You give us a dollar, we'll give you four quarters. And Belushi's like, how do you make any money? And the guy says, volume. It's like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, dude. Nope. But it, it's just uh, one of the, I think that's the humor of it. But anyways, yep. um, for those listening to Brad, Brad owns a company that helps uh, 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 other companies put together um, business systems. 
oftentimes they're called marketing automation and whatnot, but I think it's, I, I think that's maybe a mislabel of, of what it is. Um, but just for my listeners, how many service businesses, I know you've had a bunch of other businesses, but specifically, you know, fitness businesses, chiropractors, physical therapists, how many would you guess you've seen come through and kind of talked with? So people have a, a thought of how, how much you understand this game. Um, that's, that's a great question. So we, we usually, between the different things we offer, I'd say we're working with, um, a couple hundred, um, and in some years, depending on how much we're pushing more of like our group coaching or like our online yeah. courses, which that will be a big piece of how we scale in the future. It's several hundred into the, into like thousands, um, right. like okay. on an annual basis and right. consistently with one-on-one, we're working with them in their business one-on-one it's a uh, hundred to 200 a year. And I would say 80 to 90% of those are people that are offering a service that is working one-on-one with people. So the, the bulk of where we live is in that range. And actually our entire business is built to serve people that are anywhere from, I have an idea to early multiple seven figures. So we're not really interested in the ones beyond. Uh, and, and I'd say 80% of the clients that come through, and I'm using rough numbers, obviously, but 80% yeah. are like, uh, five figures into six figures into their first, uh, multiple six figures. They're on the lower, the lower end of that. And by, by it's, it just sort of happens that most of those people are dealing with some sort of a surface. So they have an inherent, um, bandwidth cap. Like they have an inherent cap on how, on actually how much money they can make and how many clients they can serve because they're working one-on-one. Uh, and it also creates this extra layer of stress and demand because their time is going to be spent on the business, but it's also spent having to sell a client and then deliver a client where other business models, they don't have the, I have to spend as much time delivering for a client. Uh, in this realm, I mean, one, this is the entire business that I've built. And then two, most of our clients, uh, most of our clients are directly in that sweet spot. For a while, we did a whole thing where all we were, well, we, not all, but a big part of our partnership was with a client that all he did was teach fitness business owners how to build their businesses. So we've been around, uh, been around that world right. a ton. Right. I love it. Yeah, because I think I, I saw a stat recently that the average single doctor office in the U.S. collects like three hundred and seventy-five to four hundred twenty-five dollars. Sorry, four hundred twenty-five thousand um, dollars. And then if they have more doctors, obviously it scales up from there. But that fits right. perfectly in your revenue kind of bracket. Yep. Let me ask you this, Brad. I know that you are always a, a consummate optimist, yet you have the experience of taking a couple on the chin. Uh, when you get these clients in and they talk about their business model, can you give us a couple examples of you are agnostic as far as what they deliver, right? You don't care as long as you can help them deliver maybe more simply. Like as long as long as they as long as they're dedicated to being the master of their craft and they care about their clients and their experience. I don't actually care what you do. So you have to be good, right. number one, and actually right. produce results. And you actually have to care about your clients. And if you're not that, I don't even know how you exist as a human, but that's a whole separate conversation. <laughs> right, so. right, right. Yeah. But I think, again, that's speaking exactly to the people listening here. But can you give us a couple of examples, maybe of a time that you had somebody sit down, go through their business model, and you just stop and say, why the heck do you do that? Whether it's, why does that industry do that? Or why are you specifically trying to do that? Because you're agnostic. Hey, I don't, I'm not influenced by the, the license you have. I'm not influenced by uh, the fact that you work with, you know, albino hemophiliacs. I don't care. I just, I'm saying like, that's a dumb idea or that's going to be the hardest uphill battle you've ever seen in your life. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I was going to say every, every time. So I ask why a lot. 
Yeah, um, and I, have I know. To, That's I have why to I had you on the Some... podcast. You don't, <laughs> you don't not... just accept like, well, that's how the last guy did. It's like, cool. Why, that, why do it that way? <laughs> yeah, that's been, and, and here, so here's the key. The key with that question is I don't ask it like, you're a freaking idiot. Why are you doing that? I'm asking it. No, really, why are you doing it? And if you, if you can't explain why you're doing something, you ought not to be doing that thing. I sort of don't care. For me, um, like meaning I don't actually care even what the reason is as long as it's thought through and it passes the viability test. There's way too many people like, no, you've got to do this. No, there's a million ways to make money, a million different ways to package and price things, a million different audiences you can go after. I don't care which one you pick. My entire business, and I am realizing my entire purpose in life is to help help you make those decisions faster and more efficiently because you're going to come up with what the formula is. I just want you to, like you have, let me put it this way. You go back to, I think it's algebra where you have like variables in math, A plus B plus C equals whatever. I don't actually care what you put for A or what you put for B or what you put for C. I want to just define, well, here's the formula and you need to have answers and they have to actually equal the answer. So um, I remember, uh, so I'll I'll try and come up with a couple. They they won't be super specific because this Mm -hmm. is like every single one. Um, But I remember I had one client uh, and we sat down and uh, it it wasn't, I don't think that she was in the, um, I don't think she was in the fitness space, but the same principles apply. That's the beauty of this is it doesn't matter what you sell. Right. At the end of the day, you're selling a thing. You're going to make money per thing that you sell. Based on what you sell, you can deliver a certain number of them until you cannot deliver anymore. And it's going to cost you a certain amount to deliver that. You have to have money left over to give you the lifestyle that you want. I don't care. Insert whatever thing you sell to whichever group you sell. It doesn't matter. All that still has to line up. So we did one. This lady was super excited about her business. And we took her through an exercise. One of the tools that we walk people through is it's called the model. Uh, you'd be surprised how many entrepreneurs haven't done this math. Um, and before that, there's another tool we take them through, which is called the return. The return is where most people miss the boat, where they actually decide, why am I doing this business in the first place? What is it going to give back to me in order for this to actually work? So we had to do that, that worksheet. Then we had to do the model worksheet. And then she came back and it's one of my favorite testimonials. She's like, well, so I went through the return and what I, or the, the model. And what I realized is if we keep going and doing what we're doing right now, we will not make the profit that I thought we're going to make. And I was like, you're welcome. Not yeah. that I gave you some excitement about like, good, good on you that your business is going great. It's like, no, you're welcome. Cause it would have sucked worse to figure that out once you got there. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, I got, I got another guy I'm actually working with right now. He, he teaches Krav Maga. He's had to travel a ton. He wants to be at home. His kids are young. Um, actually lives in my neighborhood. And, uh, the first thing I have him going through right now is, okay, well, what's the return? What are you trying to get? And then the next thing is going to be the packaging and the pricing. And he keeps trying to jump ahead and seem like, what if I did this, this? I'm like, stop. We got to know what you're trying to get first so that we know how to package this thing up. And the only time I don't actually ever say to anybody like, well, that's dumb. Why would you do that? I'm just like, well, let's just do the math. If you can only handle 10, like you have to sleep a certain number of hours. You have to spend a certain number of hours marketing and selling and keeping the books in line which means you only have a certain amount of hours left over to actually work mm-hmm. with clients. In that time period, how many clients can you take? Okay, how much are you going to charge? Okay, now let's do the math on how much is it going to cost you to do that. And it either works and gives you enough money or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, it's like, well, then we just need to come up with something different. So that is literally the first conversation I have with every entrepreneur I work with is, what are you trying to do? And then let's look at the plan and see if the plan actually gets you aligned to that. If not, stop working on that plan. Let's get a new one because the plan is broken. And I don't, I don't care how excited you are. I don't care how innovative it is. You cannot beat math. I can't beat math. I tried to, and I've tried multiple times. I actually almost ran my business into the ground like a year and a half, two years ago, because I tried to, I didn't actually try to beat it. I tried to ignore it. 
you, you can't beat math and you can't ignore math. Neither, neither one of those are a winning proposition. So you got to be really, really clear. What I've observed about most people, last thing, and then we'll, we'll keep going. But last thing, what I've observed about most people is most people shy away from discovering the truth. Like they shy away a little bit. And it's, our hum- yeah. it's literally human nature because yeah. our brain's trying to protect us. But we don't want to know that the math is off because that means something about us. I want right. to. Like, I'm just like, tell me where it's off because I don't want to spend a bunch of time and end up somewhere I don't want to be. Yeah. So, that was, I mean, I run into that like I, I don't. But that's that's the idea. No, I think, uh, you know, we avoid looking at the, the bank account or logging into QuickBooks or, or you know. Uh, getting on the scale, like all those things are all like, hey, this is just objective data. Like it has no opinion about you or or how good of yeah. a person you are. It's just a reporting system. But still, it's like, oh, God, there's so much emotion built around this. <laughs> yeah, I tell my, in my house with my kids, we talk a lot about the distinction between periods and commas. Um, mm-hmm. I live my life with periods. So I step on the scale. And let's say it says whatever. I don't even, I don't even know what a number would be. It says 225. Okay. For me, it's the scale reads 225, period. Not, it reached 225 comma, therefore, and then insert all the things you're going to do to beat yourself up about it. <laughs> or my bank account is X, period. Not comma, yeah. insert a whole bunch of stuff and feel bad about yourself. No, it's period, right. new line. Now, what am I going to go do about it, yeah. right? I like it, yeah. So let me ask, let me ask a, a similar question just differently then. If you were building a chiropractic, physical therapy, dental, you know, that kind of health business, and you were put in the role of CEO, is there anything you would not do or anything you would do uh, based on communication system, handouts, setup of the office? Because uh, I know your your brain is always cooking up these ways. And I know you've dealt with like injuries recently, right? Didn't you tweak your knee or something in the last couple of years? And you probably went <laughs> to a bunch of visits and you're like, I know that you... the. I can picture you sitting in an office being handed yet another clipboard with a place to put yet your name and address once again <laughs> and deciding, do I want to burn this clipboard into, you know, uh, an effigy or do you just think about like, I would improve this process this way or something like yeah, that? Yeah, no, that's a great, great, uh, that's a great way to put it. So there have been several things since the last time we talked about the knee. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, last Friday, I was getting like my hip just, I, I don't know. I decided I didn't want to work anymore or got pissed or something. So there's like a week where like I could not sleep. I couldn't move. Uh, so I got a buddy who runs uh, a local. He basically is targeting the older athlete who wants to it. continue to be an athlete is not ready to come to old age yet, which is me a hundred percent. Very smart. So but it's and, past and that actually, point where you have enough money to make that decision. See, there's a lot of people young that are broke and will think they can make the decision, but can't employ somebody to do it. Yes. So, um, so I went down, I went down there and, uh, and met with him. And then as part of it, he's like, Hey, I think our practice is getting to the point. Um, this is actually, by the way, a a misnomer. So I'm going to tell you what he did and tell you that he should not have done this, but he said, I think we're finally getting to the point where that stuff that you do makes sense. I'm like, okay, well, that's not actually the way that it works. Uh, you get to the point where you want to be, if you do what I, what we do earlier, like like, you just misunderstood. I need to get in shape before I go to the gym. Yeah. yeah, it's like, okay, I'm going to get a trainer once I'm like sufficiently ripped. Uh, no, I don't think that's how it works, actually. I think maybe you need <laughs> yeah. to go to a trainer to get there and then right. they'll take you beyond and you'll get there faster, right? right. So anyway, um, so we were talking a little bit at the end of the visit, we were talking about um, about just like, he was trying to have me explain what we do to, to his partner. And so I was talking about, well, 
there's um, specifically we we're talking like in, in terms of the client journey. So I'm gonna, can I draw a picture real quick just so we can put some sure. context around this? Yeah. So last, last time we saw each other, um, we were at an event and I introduced this new framework that we're coming out with called the smooth scaling system, which is how to organize all the different pieces of business. Mm-hmm. So to, for the, I want to give some context around the answer I'm going to give. When you're running a small business, I, I call them the entrepreneurial business, this phase where anybody listening to this and us, this is where we are. There's five conversations. So five conversations that exist in business. Um, and I'll just draw them real quick. This is going to be super simple. Uh, the first conversation we talk about the most is how do I get clients? How do I make them happy? There's a conversation around clients. Mm-hmm. Now, the other four conversations are, I'm going to go from the bottom up, kind of like we're building a wall, but down here, this is a leadership conversation, meaning what do I need to do or who do I need to become in order to lead this business where I want it to go? Mm-hmm. Okay. With that in mind, there's a vision conversation, which is where are we going? Are we clear? Is it viable? Does everybody on my team know? Do I know when I can hire people? Do I know if I'm actually making it? So there's a documentation of a vision. So there's a vision conversation where you can articulate to anybody, here's what we're up to. Here's what it looks like when we get there. And here's how we know that the plan's going to work. Vision. Once you have the vision defined, there's a team conversation. Who are the people I'm going to hire? Why person A over person B for this role? The fact that I'm hiring for a role is defined in my vision because my plan tells me I have the money to do it. This is just, who am I going to put there? Why? This is about culture. It's about what are you doing? Like, what does your company stand for? So that's team here. And then the last piece is ops. How do I organize the team together? So you've got leadership. Who do I need to become as the leader? Vision, where are we going? Is it viable? Do we have a plan? And if we get where we're currently headed, will we want to be there? Then you've got a team conversation. Who are the people that I want and why? What's the culture? What's the vibe? What do we believe in? Let's make sure everybody's on the same page. How do we make everybody super efficient so we're not wasting time? Because that's the one thing we have the least of. And then... Uh, definitely not least, uh, but how do we get clients? How do we make them happy? How do we keep them coming back? Okay, so those are the five conversations. What I talked about with him, and I'm going to answer your question. You asked me a question that I could dive into any one of these, but I'm mm-hmm. going to talk specifically about what would I do if I were running, like in in, in terms of the, if I were running a, a practice or a, a personal trainer or whatever, what would I do as it relates to getting clients and making them happy? Okay, so uh, when I, now I texted this guy direct cause he's my buddy. So I texted him. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be out of town. Uh, but I'll have the office reach out. It was really easy. The office sent me a text through, uh, they actually sent me a text that somebody was manning, which I loved. So it wasn't click here necessarily. It wasn't go look at our calendar. We could just go back and forth, which felt more personal. It was really, really easy. I, I thought it was actually awesome. Then I got a confirmation when we scheduled, uh, and it said, Hey, go fill out this, do your check-in online. So they actually had an online check-in. So this is where we go from the paper to something online. Now, somebody had fat-fingered my birthday, so I couldn't get past the first step because they couldn't actually verify who I was. So I had to fill out the paper when I got in there, which is fine because like, I acknowledged that there was an attempt to do this digitally before I came in. Um, and then I, I got in, I sat there. I had been there before. Um, I met the lady at the front. I don't remember what her name was. And then she took me back, You know, did the little take the info. And then uh, my buddy came in. He happened to be in when I finally got my, my thing booked. He was in there. So then we did our appointment. So here's what I said. I'm like, here's what would have been awesome. Um, One, I love that, like my guess is, like most people probably don't come through the same way I do where they're just texting you direct. They're coming from some other other place. Uh, But I love that I can text with the person to schedule. Now, once the schedule is done, what I would do is I would have a in the confirmation text as well as the email. um, It would say, hey, we got you booked. We're all good. By the way, watch this video. It'll tell you exactly what to expect when you come in. And then the way his office is set up, it's uh, it's a smaller office. When you pull in, it's a small parking lot. You want me to pause? Yep. Just I want everybody just to picture in a map because Brad, 
You have great information. You're just a fast talker for those listeners. So this is before, this is, you've scheduled an appointment, but this is before you've actually physically entered the office or you're not showing up. So this is, hey, you've made your appointment. Bang, we're going to send you this video. I just want to make sure we have some signposts along the way here, Brad. Okay, well, we'll we'll just draw it out then. I'm going to turn this so it stops focusing when my hand moves. All right, yeah. So uh, at this point, this will be our calendar. We have Mm -hmm. scheduled, okay? Yep. So we've scheduled our first appointment. Immediately, there would be a text message that goes out. And in this text message, there's a link. That link would go to a page. That page would have a video. Right. Okay. This is like, we're talking instantaneously, not a week later, not Mm -hmm. a day before the appointment, right away. And this This video would have like all the accolades and licenses and certifications the person would have. Oh, wait. I like you teeing that softball up. No, not not on earth. Well, no. So actually, uh, Yes, sort of, but that's not the purpose of the video. You actually would right. just sort of slide it in, okay? So here's what I would do for this guy. When when you pull into his parking lot, here's his building. This is the door to his office. Parking goes right here, and you turn off of this street. You turn in here in the parking lot. So what I would do is I would start with the video. You can do this on your phone. It's not hard. Where's my phone? It's like you walk outside your office, and you record it on a phone like this. Super mm-hmm. simple. I would start right here and be like, hey, you're going to turn. Here's the main road right here. And then you turn to a side road, and it literally is like right after that, you turn right. So I would start right here and be like, hey, you're going to come and turn into here. Okay, look. So first off, I'd be like, hey, my name is Brad Martino. Uh, you booked. We're going to meet with you. I'm super excited to have you here. Uh, so just so you know exactly where to come, look, you're going you're gonna to turn off of this road right here. You're going to turn in right here. And then you're going to come into this parking lot. Take any one of these spots. Some of these are reserved, so just don't park in those. Park in any one of these spots. And then you're going to come right over here to this door. And I would actually walk up to the door and be like, look, you're going to come in this door. Okay. Now, when you come in, they got a welcome desk right here, a bunch of PT stuff over here. Then all their offices are in the back. So I'd be like, hey, when you come in, you're going to meet one of our, whatever they call the front office person. Uh, it's either going to be so-and-so. And if you can have all three of them right there or two, whoever it might be like, you're going to meet one of, most likely you'll meet one of these three. Hey, everybody say hi. They love being on camera. They're going to welcome you. Uh, if you haven't filled out, like as I'm walking in, be like, look, there's also a link in this text. Let me show you where you're going to come in. Okay. Now, when you come in, when you get to this front area right here, you're going to meet one of these people. Now, at this point, we have a little, there's two different paths that might happen. If you already filled out your info online, this is a plug for you to fill out your info online. You don't have to do anything. You just sit down and then we'll get you rolling. If not, for whatever reason, we'll give you the paperwork. You'll fill it out, sit here. Then so-and-so is going to come back and I would walk them through the office. This would be like a two-minute video. Mm-hmm. Now, here's why this matters. Uh, we as humans are really, we're dumb, okay? Because here's what we do. If I walk up to a place I haven't been before, I'll like stop outside the door. I'll pull out my phone. I'll double check the address, make sure I'm in the exact right spot um, and be like, okay, is this it? Like we're afraid to walk in and be wrong. Now think about it. My guess is for most of these people, the first time they come in your office, they're not like a long-term client, which means they're still in a buying mode. Some of them may not have bought anything yet. They may not have given you any money. Do you want the potential prospect walking into your practice or into your office doubting? No, I want them to walk in like, yo, yeah, I know exactly where I'm going. It's like, ah, it's right here. So we walk them through. They already know who they're going to meet. They already know what the experience is going to, going to be like. So that would be one thing that I would put in place right away immediately. So the irony of this, the irony of this is the text message that I just got is from them asking me to confirm the appointment, which is another thing that I love. So I text, they set the appointment. They reply back. This one's automated. Rice Black says, hey, your appointment's on Friday at 1030. Reply yes to confirm. We're not doing the missed appointments thing. So I love this. And I would cancel them a couple of days before if they don't actually reply. So I reply, yes. Then I would send this text message that says, all right, cool. Here's the thing that you're going to watch. Now, when I walk in, I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly where I'm going. I'm coming in confident. Okay. So that would be one piece. 
I would put in right away. Now, as, so it's my practice, right? So I'm the one on camera. As I'm walking through, I just sort of, in the normal course of conversation, I have two things that I'm trying to do. Number one, I'm trying to get them to understand they can trust me and make them like me. And then number two, I'm trying to also start to frame up all the things that they might eventually want to buy from me. So for my buddy, he's like, we have like the, the basic, like low level modalities of physical therapy we can do. And we can also call in prescriptions. Um, and then also we have like more invasive type stuff, maybe invasive is not the right word. Um, anyway, he's got different tiers, right. Of stuff that he does. I don't know the language perfectly. He told it to me and I kind of get, I'm like, we need to work on that piece a little bit. <laughs> um, but as I'm walking through, be like, Hey, so my name's Trevor. I run the place. There's a little background. Like, look, I've been doing physical therapy for this long for him. It would be, um, he actually works as an ER doctor and he built the thing because he's like, I'm an athlete. I want to build it for other athletes. So that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where you're going to mm-hmm. come into the office. You're going to meet these people. Cool. Now, as we go back now, as you're walking through the office, this is an opportunity to explain the different pieces of your office and the things that you offer. So they've got a whole physical therapy set up literally in the, you walk in, check in right here and to the left. It's all the, it's like a whole weight system. Then you go back and they've got IVs that they have a section where they do IVs. Then they have their room. So if I'm walking in, I'm like, all right, you're going to meet them. Cool. Now, when you're going to look over here, you'll notice we've got a whole bunch of weights and equipment. This is where we do physical therapy. So if you ever need like, and then I would describe things in not medical terms, in my terms, it's like, so look, if you ever get like a muscle that's tight or like your back's off or you need to like, work on posture, whatever. We got everything to go help right here if you ever need that. Come back here. Oh yeah, we got IVs right here. I I would strategically plant some clients as I was going through this. I was like, hey, Jim's over here getting this physical therapy work on. We got Tina back here. She's getting uh, an IV. We got IVs for this, this, and this. If you need that, just let us know. Maybe that's why you're coming. I don't know. Come back here. Here's my partner, right? So I'm walking through and I'm weaving in. They get to know about me and they get to know exactly what we offer. So when they come in, they're aware. Right now, um, you walk into most medical places. I've been into a lot of them. A lot of them. I've broken way too many bones and done way too many knee things and ankle things. And I'll walk out and have no idea what they offer. I have no idea why I would want to give them money back. Nobody ever said anything. So, okay. So that'd be one piece is that initial video. Okay. Now, second thing I told them that I thought would be awesome is when I woke up on Friday morning, I knew I had to go to his office. I had been there before. So this would be for every appointment. When I confirm this, I think it should come again. I knew where it was roughly. Like I could get to the street and I could find it, but I didn't know exactly where it was. And I rely on Google to let me avoid traffic problems. Not necessarily just to know where I'm going. So I'm like, bro, it would be awesome. It's like, hey, excited to have you. Uh, Here's a link again, in case you want to use Google to skip any accidents or whatever and get you right here. Send that to me in the morning so I don't have to go Google. Now, I'm not pissed when I walk in. I'm like, you suck that you didn't send me the address again. Like, I know how to find your office, but it's super convenient when I can just go to the text that I just got that morning, click on it, and it'll map me straight to the office and straight to the location. I, for a while, I had an office, and I don't know, I can't, I think it was Apple, Apple Maps or one of the non-Google services that for some reason thought our address was across the street. And so we got in the habit of sending out a thing like, hey, let me just send you this link because we knew it was inaccurate. But so many people are like, thanks so much for the, the link to the map, you know, really helped. But I'm, the whole time you're telling that story, I was laughing because you spoke about this at the last conference I saw you at, right? Yeah. And one, uh, so recently my, my in-laws moved to Las Vegas. They used to live in Southern California. We've asked them to live, move here for 15 years. They finally did it. And so they've had to get, you know, like find their new hairdresser, find their new doctor, find their new whatever, landscape supply, all these things. So the other day they're over and I go, what do you guys got going on tomorrow? So it's like a Saturday, family's all yep. having dinner over here. 
What do you guys got going on tomorrow? Oh, well, we're going to get up early and get some uh, coffee, and then we're going to drive over to the doctor's office. I was like, on a Sunday? Well, no, Diane's appointment's on Monday, but we just want to know where it is and where to park. And I'm like, that is confirmation <laughs> that we as doctors don't realize, hey, it's the 1,000th time I've pulled into this parking lot and I've made that, that turn. That is the key. We do it yes. every day. And I say that in the video. Right. You, it's like, hey, look, I come in here every day. This is probably, I mean, this is your first time. And maybe right. even if it's your second time or minor doesn't right. hurt, right? So here's where you're coming. So you just know, and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And then think about what your patient is going through. I think, Brett, when your knee is gorked, the getting to say the third floor of the back of an office building, like where the office building that your business occupies from the second row of parking is a long way with a bum knee. It's not bad when you're feeling healthy and you're with your buddies, right? but give it some thought like, Hey, if you're really hurting, you might want to park here because it's the closest to the elevators. Like showing that in the video would be key. Well, yeah, like, and this, I'm already like, sympathizing with you. Yeah. In the, in the example of my buddy, he's like, it's real. like you pull in and it's really hard to miss his place. But mm -hmm. when you start to get to like, you're in a bigger medical practice, like two stories, lots of places. Right. And then you go to park. Like, I have no idea where I'm parking and there's multiple elevators and there's multiple staircases. It's like, well, where do I go? Just make it really easy and really obvious for me to know exactly where to go. And like, I, I take them on a tour and you can fast forward the walking. So I have a, we did it for ours. When we were in our last office, we were the entire second floor of the office. And so I started outside and I'm literally like, Hey, you're going to turn on this street. You're going to park right here. And then you're going to come in and look, you can go up the elevator, go up the stairs. You go up the, I said, you go up the stairs. I'll go up the elevator. And then we fast forwarded the camera walking up the stairs. And then the elevator opened. I walked in. I'm like, you're going to come right here. And so you literally take them on a tour of where they're going to walk. So if you have a bigger parking lot and you've got multiple, whatever, like staircases, you just mm -hmm. tell them, like you're, you're just the tour guy. Okay. You go here. I'm going to go here. We'll meet up here. Here's the door. Here's where we're coming in. Makes it yeah, super simple. Awesome. All right. Just for the sake of time. So you would do that video upon the very scheduling, the first appointment, any other tactics you would. Uh, you would so do that one, the second one would be the day of, I'm going to give them a link to the address, probably a link to the video again, but like, just in case you didn't watch this video, check this out to exactly right. where to come. Just include that. It's very, very okay. convenient. Um, and then, uh, the other thing, so I'll do one more and then we can go wherever else. There, there's a bunch of other stuff that I would go over, but I love that you have that like 14 them, before the patient actually walks into the office. <laughs> like, yeah, I can only imagine what happens once they do walk in. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a whole, that, that would be an entire episode of it in and of itself to talk about yeah. the non like automation tech sending stuff. It's like, how do you actually create that experience, um, to create that experience? So I'll just put it at this, just remember that they're a human being, right? And when they walk in the office, just think, how can I make this? Think of all the time, the last 10 times you walked into somebody else's office and be like, I'm not going to do any of that. And then you'll be way better off. Right? That's, that's the summary. But here's one that I do want to add, which is actually after it's when they leave. Uh, and I think this is one of the biggest opportunities for anybody in the medical field or whatever. So here's what happens. Okay. So we'll skip the welcome in the intro and you walk them back into their room. We'll skip all that. Although there's a tremendous opportunity there and we're going to go straight to the very end of your visit with the doctor or with the physical therapist or with the trainer or with anybody, what, what always happens at the very, very end, there's a recap, right? The re it's always like, okay, well, so here's what we talked about. Here's what you're going to go do. Da -da 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 -da. It always happens. Doctor scribbles something down. You walk out, you get in your car. And if you pay attention as a patient, you can literally feel the details of what the doctor said slipping away as you drive home. So here's what I told my buddy that I think would be dope. You should have a camera, like a phone, in every single one of your rooms. And when you give that summary, you record it. 
So I was like, all right, look, we're going to record this so that you have it and I have it. So here's what we talked about. This, 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 and this. Here's what you're going to go do. This, 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 and this. And then as soon as you walk out, I'm going to push a button. And by the time you get to your car, you're going to have a text that has a recording of this video that's going to remind you every single thing that you're supposed to go do. So that would be a summary. And then another, that's like a very uh, client-specific summary. Supplemental stuff that I would send is you have certain... Uh, I don't want to use the word modalities. I understand what that means. Uh, just as a pro tip for all of you doctors, no other normal human being understands what that means. So please stop talking about modalities. Okay. If it's you Latin, have- don't use it. That's a good rule. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good rule of thumb. So you have certain services that you offer. Like even when I went in for my, so my knee, yeah. I went and got my knee scoped. I just had some cartilage floating around. Uh, for, first doctor said it was uh, arthritis. And the second doctor's like, yeah, I found your arthritis. It's this little piece right here floating around. So I had knee surgery. Now I've had knee surgery before, but, but I had never had just a scope. The other one was more, they like sliced it open. Um, and even then, like I had it when I was in high school, this was like 20 years later. What would have been awesome is you could shoot a little mini video series. Like, all right, look, let me explain what's going to happen post knee surgery. Let me explain what you're looking for. Let me explain when you should actually be worried and when not. And let me actually show you some of the things you can do. We're talking like a five minute video or what you can do is you can hand me the piece of paper that has been copied 45 times off-centered and totally grainy. It's like, hey, here's the pain thing. Here's the whatever. You know what? what's going to happen to this? I'm walking out in a wheelchair on crutches. This is going to get lost, crumpled, stuffed somewhere. Send me a video. Put a text on my phone because guess what? After knee surgery, you know what I'm doing? I'm sitting in my bed playing on my phone. I can look at it. So starting to take like, okay, if it's, uh, if it's just like a scope surgery, here's what we're doing. If somebody's coming in and working on posture stuff, um, or if we just did an IV, or if we did like whatever it is where there's like, I'm going to give you some follow-up instructions, pre-record those so that when they walk out, you take the video that you just shot with them one-on-one. That link goes to your front office person. They, There's a way to make all this easy, by the way. So don't be intimidated by the tech on this piece. But you take the link. And when I walk out, the text I get is a link to, here's your, inter- here's your conversation with a doctor. And then here's your follow-up video for the specific service that you just came in for. Done. I would love at some point, Brad, uh, you know, I said you had a PhD. You don't know that you're actually, I don't know if you know this, there is well-researched, there is medical research that supports everything you're saying. For example, there's a program researched called the uh, tonsil to text to tonsil approach. And what they said is uh, sending out text messages with instructions day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, because everybody is roughly going to recover the same. And then they they sent the same or similar messages to the caretaker. So tonsils are typically under the age of 13. So your parent wants a text, right? Yep. Texting that person. And the level of trust they had was so high that the one of the, the downsides to this was that the caretaker, so, you know, let's say your wife takes care of one of your kids that has tonsil surgery. They were pinging that doctor for non-tonsil-related medical advice over the next two years. And they're like, yeah, it's kind of annoying. The doctors are like, it's kind of annoying. And the researchers are like, well, yeah, because you are the only person that's at that level of trust now. So, of course, they're going to be right. like, listen, I'm thinking my, my grandfather needs prostate surgery. What do you know? It's like, I know tonsils. It's like, yeah, yeah. But you were the only person to send me five messages and text and follow up and actually care, right? And yep. so when you... When people listening, when you get those weird out of the blue, like, hey, I'm thinking about this procedure. What do you know about this? What they're saying is you are the one I trust. I want your opinion because you are a trusted advisor, 
which if you send these messages will probably happen, but that's a great problem to have, you know, is yes. I want more yeah, and, of, of you. Yeah. And every problem is a, is an opportunity in disguise. So the problem is I got people asking me about things that I don't know about. Well, guess what you do know, you know how to vet other people at that, like for uh, prostate surgery or whatever, you know how to vet other people way faster than a normal human being does. So right. if you wanted Good to point. go next level and start to get smart, what you would be is like, okay, oh, look, I've got three to four questions about this particular uh, need or whatever. I would actually go further and be like, what do I think are going to be the most commonly asked questions where they're asking for somebody and it's not going to be me. And then I would go do the research and I would find out who they are. And I don't know what the rules are about getting referral fees or whatever, but if you're the person that people trust and you're the one that's like dishing people out to other people, it will start to come back. Oh, for sure. You'll have other doctors starting to send people to you when you're that person. An interesting thing on that text to tonsil uh, research project, one of the things that they that uh, the caretakers really highlighted as a thing they loved is there was a video about here's when to bring your son or daughter back. Here's red flags that we look for, and here's a good time yep. to bring it back, and here's a time to call our office, and here's a time to just wait it out and just clearly do that. Like, hey, if if the bleeding won't stop, if this happens, if they're if you're vomiting, call the office and bring them in. But the caretaker wants to know those hard limits. So like with your knee, like, hey, here's a good time to call the nurse if you wake up and it's significantly larger than yesterday. Or right. if it's purple, not just swollen, that's a good time to call. If yeah, it's you like, notice your this is blood. normal. This right. is a phone call. This is get your butt down here. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And just setting up that strategy, which is the same. Again, you're agnostic. There, There's times with, uh, I'm sure you've worked with a lot of real estate agents, you know, like here's a time where it's just slowing the process I down. I work with clients all the time. If you sign up with me, I've got a thing that's like, all right, look, here's how we work together. This is how it works. This is when it's available, when we're available and when we're not. It's actually, we have a thing that's that awesome. we offer. We're, we're currently reshooting. It's called the experience formulas. And it's it goes through and there are videos you put intentionally into the new client onboarding experience to do mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about. We're going to establish expectations, teach you how to be a good client and get you better prepared to get more value out of working with us. The other thing I wanted to share with you, just because I know you, you do this with clients, is the researcher, there was a, a diabetes clinic and the doctor gave, read from a script, a script, right? Uh, read from a script about the most seven most important things when you get diagnosed with diabetes and it's all about foot care, right? Yep. And they found that after just, after 24 hours, 60% of the information was not remembered and the remaining 40% was remembered wrong. So it's like, so I remember you said to clean my toes and I use like a, a steel brush or something it was really important that I do. And it's like, no, what? And so they researched that. So what they found, going back to your thing about sending out the post, the, the recording yep. the visit and then sending it out, the most effective was actually if you wait 24 hours to send it. So you see this dip down. And if you send it right here, the dip is still going to occur. But if you, I don't know how to say it, like it's almost like a hammock. You hit them at 24 hours with that reminder of everything. And it seems to retain more and impact us above the original amount. So yep. a, a little bit of a delay is actually better than hitting it immediately. So yep. for those of you, it, uh, and again, this is not hard to send that message and give it a one day delay, right? And say like, hey, Brad, just as a reminder, yesterday you were in the office and here was the five points we covered. Bang, 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 bang. You know, let us know, blah, blah, blah. So uh, for everybody listening, adding that delay was the the most effective based on the medical research. Now, this is funny because Brad knows best practices in business, and I'm guessing you don't look at PubMed, but it 
it, when uh, yeah, two so, unrelated uh, look, sources hit the same point, you better listen. Well, yeah, well, look, I remember it was what I said at the beginning. I'm like, all right, cool. That actually makes a lot of sense because there's also studies that talk about, I forget what the term is, but it's this intermittent thing where like, if you can, I mean, it's generally true of everything, right? If I lift a particular muscle and I do it consistently two times a week, I'm going to see better progress than if I do it one time a week, right? There's like right. The, the, the repetition. If I, if I am trying to memorize people's names, and I rem- rather than spending three hours on one day, I spend 15 minutes every day. I'm going to remember it better. So in my mind, I'm like, this is exactly how I've already adjusted it. Yeah. So I'm going to send one right when you walk. It's like, hey, here's what the doctor told you as you were walking out. Uh, keep an eye out because tomorrow we're going to send you the post follow-up instructions for your particular procedure. So I've teed up that it's going to come tomorrow and then it gets sent tomorrow. And for anyone who's like, we have a, how do I do all of that? Like this, you have a phone, this thing called a cell phone that can send text and you get one for your office. And you pay for the subscription because it's worth it. And then what you do is you have somebody in your office, you create it wherever you keep track of the work that needs to be done. On their list of work, it's like go through all of yesterday's appointments and manually for now, send out the text manually. It's the very first thing you do. It won't take more than 30 minutes. Send out the instructions and it's like copy, paste, send. And if you have a computer, you can actually text from your computer. So you can be just like you're typing. It's like boom, 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 boom. Rapid fire them out. Now, there are ways to make all that automated, but nobody who listens to this is allowed to use the excuse of, well, I don't understand tech or that was too complicated. Uh, <laughs> that's called an excuse. And the only reason why you use that excuse is because you don't want people to have give you le- insane levels of trust so that you get really high levels of referrals. That's fine. If you don't want that, then don't do it. And that's totally fine. Right. Uh, I got a list of three more questions. And I Go just, I know that your time is, is super. We're good. Uh, okay. So let me, I'll just throw the three questions out. You can answer them in order or just pick one. Number one, what is something uh, most people in business screw up that you think is a simple solution? Uh, Number two, uh, when we're talking about business structures, I know that you have done as a business owner, a high ticket version, a membership version, a high ticket with membership and an ongoing thing. And I think that there is, Maybe I was hoping you might talk a little bit about that, what you see in clients, because a yep. lot of chiropractors sometimes try and sell a big package or ongoing and whatnot. So yep. talking about the, the friction of that. And then the last question is, what are some signs that somebody listening might see when you go, hey, it's time to just cut bait and maybe start anew or start fresh with a completely different business model? Don't try and massage this one into working. It ain't going to work. Like you said, the Excel spreadsheet thing. You know, if yep. it doesn't work there, it ain't going to work in the real in real life. So, okay, uh, um, talk about any of those you want. Yeah. So uh, the the thing that people screw up is what I said before. They don't actually know what they want. Um, Interesting. And because okay. they don't know what they want, uh, and so okay, so the return document. There's only three types of return. There's only three types of currency that exist in the world: time, energy, and money. In that order, by the way, time, energy, money. Time is how much time or like actual hours are you spending in the business. Energy, what are you spending those hours doing in the business? And then money. And when I say money, I mean money that leaves the business to you not to go back into the business. Just to be really clear. I know that lots of people like to bend profit to mean different things. My favorite is like, I run an 80% profit business, but then I got to invest in leadership and training and marketing. I'm like, you don't have an 80% profitable business. Okay, It means it goes to you not to go back into the business. Okay, That's profit. So time, energy, and money. The biggest mistake that I see people make is they don't know what they want. They haven't actually defined it. And if I get even more particular, it's that they haven't defined when enough's enough so that they can actually stop and actually enjoy life. I call it creating life profit. 
so if you talk to people, uh, they get they get really weird when you talk about like how many hours do you want to work, but like like what is the actual number? How many is enough? People are like, well, I, I have what I'm working, but they all everybody kind of defaults like, well, I want to be able to not have to work at all. Okay, great, really? Like that's it? Because I actually want to work. Right. I'm very yeah. clear on how much time I want to work, and then it's okay. What role do you want? And then defining, I want to do this and I don't want to do this, which means I'm going to have to go hire somebody else to do this other thing. And then money, like what, how much money is enough money where you can actually sort of stop and breathe and stop chasing the, I'm going to be this multi-quadrillionaire or whatever. It's like, well, no, what do you actually need? So that, and the way I look at the return document, we could, by the way, if you want it, I have, I have the return document and then I have a little training video. I could probably just, I could not probably, I am the one that decides. I could just give it to you and whoever's listening. So let me know. We would love it. We would appreciate it a lot. Give you access to that. So the last one is money and money is, um, well, actually with all three of these, this is where I was going with all three of them. Um, the way I look at it is you want to define, okay, if I was to do that, if I could work this many hours and I could, um, and I could do this as the work that I'm doing my energy and I could take home this much money. Okay. Um, if I hit those three things, I could do this for the next, I could write it into the sunset next 20, 30 years. What's enough? Like, what does that actually look like? And what we're defining is we're defining a floor, not a ceiling. So a lot of people are like, well, hmm. I want to make two, a million dollars. Okay. If your hmm. number's a round number, by the way, it means you haven't thought about it. It means you're borrowing somebody <laughs> else's number. It should be like, you should be able to answer. Why do you need that much money? Uh, to come home. Uh, and, and you may have figured the exact number and then rounded it just to make it easy. But if you haven't done the math where you know the actual number and then you've rounded it, you're taking somebody else's dream. And a really good, so it would be like, uh, some people are like, I want to work an hour a week. Okay. Do you really, like, is that really what your dream is? Or are you doing that because you feel like that's what you're supposed to be asking for? And I want to make a million dollars. Do you really want a million? Or, or would you be okay with like 500? So a really great question to ask that I heard one time is, you say, well, how much money do you need? My buddy was telling me this guy walked through this exercise. And I think it was like a, a slump sum to just retire. And I don't know, let's say it was like 30 million. And he's like, cool. So what does 30 million get you that 15 million doesn't? Mm. And he's like, oh, well, nothing. All right. Well, what does 15 million get you that seven and a half doesn't? Mm-hmm. And he kept going down until we got to the actual number. So from an annual standpoint, how much money do you make? A million dollars. Cool. What does a million get you? Actually get you that you can actually take advantage of with your schedule. Like I got five kids. So when I did it initially, I was like, I want to travel. I'm going to go on uh, two week-long vacations with my wife every year. We're going to take our family on four every year. I was like, wait a minute. My girls are in dance. My boys play basketball and they rest and they play football. I can't practically do that. <laughs> I don't need that. So you, you're defining the floor, which is it's got to be at this level. You can always do better and we're always going to try to do better, but you define the floor. And then it's like, if I just sat here for the next 20 years, that would work. And by the way, it won't be there for 20 years because you'll figure that out. And then it's like, well, I can make a couple of tweaks and make it better. It's not the point. The point is you're like, no, that would be great if I could just get right there, sit on that for the next 20 years, then I'd be fine. So the biggest mistake people make is they can't answer that. It's not written down. It doesn't stare them in the face every single day. That is the first place to start. Otherwise, you're creating a business without knowing what the business's job is. The business has a job and it's first to serve you by serving other people, but it's first to serve you. If you don't know what you want, then it's impossible for the business to do its job and then every question you ever, or every decision you ever have to make, every question you have to answer, you don't have the core anchor to steer you. Because when you have the return document, it guides every decision in the entire business because you know what its job is. So that'd be the first mistake. Okay. Okay. Um, 
So I'm going to jump to signs. I'll come back to business structure. Sounds good. Uh, signs that you're, that you, it's like, it's time to quit. Um, uh, and, and so quit's an interesting one. Cause really we're talking about, it's time to adjust. Right. And I, I you're realize that like, either- I don't, I don't like most uh, what you have an indomitable spirit, right? Like you cannot be stopped or crushed. And so I don't think that you, Brad Martineau would ever quit, but what are the things where it's like, Hey, listen, Monday morning, this thing needs to look a whole lot different than it does now. Not a little bit different. It needs to look yeah, significantly yeah. So, and, different. And for us technically, to technically, in a pivot, I'm quitting one thing and starting something else, right? Yeah, yeah. So I just want to make sure we're yeah. clear on that. So there are a couple of ways that you can go about this. Uh, the first one is one of the most important reports that you have is actually a report card about your return document. And so every month mm-hmm. you give your business a grade in terms of time, energy, and money. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it. If you look back over the last six months and you're failing on all three of those, something needs to change. Mm-hmm. unless when you started, you knew it was like a multi-year play or something, right? But you should have some idea of how this is progressing. So if you look back and it's like, we have not made any significant progress and this is killing me. And there are no uh, sort of informal data points to suggest that our trajectory is moving in the right direction. It's time mm-hmm. to let that thing go. Like at some point, it has to actually register on the report card at the end of the month that there was an improvement and I'm no longer failing at time. Maybe I'm getting a D. But there's pro- like I've got to see progress with hope that sure. something's going to continue. Otherwise, like I'm out. This thing, like we got to we got to change. And out means we got to change something significantly. And I'll tell a story when we go into business model about when we did that. Um, the other way that I find really interesting about this is if you're starting something new. Uh, this is a buddy of mine, Casey Graham, uh, does he did this with a lot of his businesses, and I love the ideas. He would take a certain amount of money as the funding. So he already had a plan. He's like, it's going to cost this much money. And this thing should be up and running in this much time. And he put that money in a bank account. And when the money was gone, the business was done. So it's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a three-month runway. And then we're going to go do this thing. And we're going to sell and we're going to do expenses. And if we can't get to the point where it's self-sustaining in three months, because that would be the, that was like an acceptable runway for that business. Sure. Then, uh, then truth has spoken. This is not viable because I don't have more to put into it. So you decide up front, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw the line in the sand. It has to work within this time period. And if I can't make it work within this time period, then I'm, then I'm going to do something different. The only caveat to that would be that it's like, we came an inch short, but I got loads of data that suggests I'm going to move forward, which is a very dangerous caveat because you can trick yourself. So if you've done that two or three or four times, you need to change something significant. Yeah. If you keep coming back to convincing yourself it's going to work, it's, it's, time to, it's time to let this thing go. All okay. Right. Uh, I know you're right, tight on like, time, so uh, we're good. As much I got as you're like three or four minutes. All right. So, quick story, and then I'll talk business structure. Um, this was about signs, uh, and and actually about not not being clear what we wanted. So, um, our business sixth division for the first oh man three four five years was built purely on the back of like this is going to go into business structure. I'll tell you what my personal preference is on the back of large one time services. We started with the six thousand dollar two day intensive. It went to 7,500. It went to 10. It went to 12,500. It went to 15,000. And like 90% of our revenue was one-time revenue. We're selling these things every month. And we built our business to, we got it up to, to a little over $3 million in annual revenue, largely on the back of one-time stuff. That's freaking exhausting. And I didn't have clarity <laughs> about time. And I hadn't committed to the amount of time that I wanted to spend and the energy. And it was exhausting because I was traveling everywhere to speak. So anyway, fast forward through Lots of stories. This is like nine years condensed into two seconds. Uh, November of 2019, um, my business partner and I got together. We're like, you know what? Um, 
we're no longer interested in Sixth Division unless it's a fully recurring revenue business. Recurring revenue has to cover all expenses and profit. And so we made that decision. And with that decision, we said, if we can't make that change, we'll burn this thing to the ground and we'll restart it in some new format. Um, so we started that process. COVID hit and accelerated that process. Um, and, you know, there was some bumpiness sort of in there. Uh, when I mentioned before about almost running the business in the ground, that was like July of 2019. That was coming on the other side. I was like, fine, I've had enough. This was the signs. I've had enough. I've tried to convince myself way too many times that this is okay and it's not. We're going to recurring revenue. Um, and, uh, and that was one of those alignment to what we actually want. We want a business that is recurring revenue so we can breathe while we figure stuff out. I don't want to be chasing after revenue. And we'll create one-time revenue, but never can, a recurring, can our recurring expenses be more than our recurring revenue. And then we started to shift the business and that's what we made work. So as far as business structures go, um, personally, and, and the key here is this will align to whatever your return document tells you. But for me, I want my businesses to be where I already know when I have to show up for things. Um, I don't want there to be any like lumpiness of revenue because one month we did 150,000 in sales and then the next month we did 30 and we're trying to balance it out. I want it to be like, no, I know what my expenses are. I know what my income is. Um, and the reality is, is most people need more than just a one-time service. So we did a one-time service and then people would opt into this ongoing service. We're like, nope, that's it. We're going to dramatically reduce the cost of our one-time service. They have to work with us at least three months and we'll give them an incentive to sign up for six months because that's what they actually need. Uh, so in the services space, unless it totally doesn't make sense for you, and there are some industries where it doesn't, uh, but most of the people that are going to be listening to this, you're working with people, health, physical, posture, muscle, like physical therapy. That's not a one-time service. I would get off the mentality of I'm going to collect a big fee up front. And personally, what I'd be looking at is how can I set this thing up so that before every month starts, I already know that I'm going to make enough money to cover all of my bills. And then I can stack whatever else I want on top of that. So my preference is recurring revenue. I want to be great at what I do so I can charge a premium, but I don't want to charge so much that people think that they owe me, but I also don't want to be pulling for table scraps. So that's where I feel like we've settled in with Sixth Division. That's the exact same business structure I would be looking at because I coach basketball, I coach a high school basketball team, I'm assistant varsity, coach a JV team, I coach my son's team, my kids wrestle, I got five kids, my wife likes to see me periodically. So I don't have time to be pulled all over based on my business. So that's there's so much more I wish you could say there. But given the fact that we could talk for hours, but I know yep. you gotta you gotta bail. I'll just do this. I'll cut it right here. Brad, I really appreciate it. Throw out the the website. So if anybody's like, man, this guy's singing my tune, I really want to reach out to him. Um, two two websites you can go to. One is sixthdivision.com, S-I-X-T-H division.com. That is specifically around client journey stuff. Uh, the other one, I mentioned those five conversations in the smooth scaling system. If you go to smoothscaling.co, uh, that is, there's a wait list. You can get on that and that's going to be launching soon. So you can go check that out. And there are some different resources and videos that you can get access to on that page. So smoothscaling.co, sixdivision.com. And then I'm on the socials sometimes sort of ish if you want to follow any of that stuff. Yeah, but, if you check the show notes of this, you'll see how Brad's last name is spelled. It's it's very fancy. It uh, has <laughs> yes, a lot of flair in the, the second half of it. Uh, but yeah, so Brad, we really appreciate the time. I know you got to bail, but uh, I think this is so clarifying for people. And I would love to have you back to further any one of these little slices, we could, I think we could break into oh, another tip, five episodes. Tips of the episodes. iceberg. Tips yeah. of the iceberg we can dive exactly. into. So look, I look forward to it. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinic, 
jimhybrid.com. You can check us out there. We've got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients. 